Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. And we are talking today with leaders for maybe 30-some years in Seattle's cultural scene. Myra Platt is the founding co-artistic director at Book at Theatre. Myra, welcome. Thanks for coming today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Gary. And like I said, Book at Repertory Theatre, it has been around for like, is it 30 years? Or is it coming up on 30 or 31? I... It's coming up on 30. We... Um, we came together in the late 80s and incorporated in 1990. Incorporated, that sounds official. Yeah, it was official. (laughs) (laughs) So Book of Theater, I want to get some basics here and then we'll dig into the the real, you know, things you guys do. You're a different kind of, I don't know, you have a different goal with your productions in the theater at what Book of Theater is, right? I mean, it's not just a a place for us to entertain us. We can go and sit and clap and go home. And that was terrific and fun. You guys have a kind of a bigger idea of what Book at Theater is all about, right? Well, theater is a big idea, no matter what kind of theater it is in terms of sharing our humanistic stories. Um, But yes, Book It has a unique niche in that our mission is to transform great literature into great theater and inspire our audiences to read. And we take books, essentially, that um, mostly novels uh, and memoirs, and turn them into plays uh, to really ignite our audience's imaginations and, um, again, inspire people to read. Inspire. So the book, when we say book it, it's right in the title, Book It Repertory Theater, is the productions are from a book. It's not, these aren't plays written to be plays that people have produced all around the world over years, Shakespeare and stuff, you know, but you grab a new book. These are always premieres, right? Is that correct? Yes. Every time we do pretty much every time, unless it's something that we produced once before, hence our repertory. We have a repertoire of plays that we've done in the past 30 years that we occasionally bring back. But yes, almost everything we do is a world premiere. We take the book and an adapter playwright um, uh, really digs in and, and creates a script that includes a lot in, of the narrative language that the author has written throughout the book. So you'll hear narrative language spoken by the actors on stage, um, which is why it's different from a play where you just hear dialogue. So characters will speak about themselves and each other in third person. She tried to explain to Gary Scheip, who sat across the desk from her in the recording studio. Right. So this is kind of, for an audience who may not be familiar with this, this is like, wait a minute, what did, what did that guy just say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did I hear his thoughts out loud? Which exactly. Is, which is really, I think, cool because I love that about literature. Sometimes a book is written in the first person or, you know, but then you get an omniscient view or, you know, there's different ways to write. Right. Literature all <laughs> for all these years. And for you guys to put that on play and we hear it spoken out loud, it is cool. It's different. It's uh, and, and again, you guys don't produce like, I don't know, lavish, like over the top productions, you know, with light shows and flash pots going off. You focus on the words, right? I well, mean, imagine yourself sitting in a chair and you're reading a book. Something you're really taken by could be a fabulous mystery. I don't know what kind of books you like to read, Gary, but, um, you know, you're 
as a reader, you're imagining, because of the words that are on the page, that the author has taken great care to describe the room, to describe the character and what's going on in their head or in their heart. And then a line of dialogue comes out. And then there's more description of the reaction to that that spoken dialogue. And as the reader, you're seeing and hearing and feeling and smelling all of it. You're just aware of all the details that are going on because of the language that the author has chosen. And so the experience of watching a book at play is to try to keep that relationship of reader to the words on the page so that your imagination is still that engaged. So for us, we can, um, you know, we can do a river rafting trip down a, a river without having to have a river on the stage or even the raft because the actors will use the author's original language to describe the experience that they're having. Yeah, I do like that. And that this is also why so many people will tell you all the time after they've seen a movie, oh, the book was better than the movie. Because in their own head, when they're reading the book, just like you said, I saw that guy as sort of tall and lanky, or I saw him with a, you know, with a, or I saw that room as he described as dark with purple, you know, wallpaper. Oh, I didn't see it that way, but I thought it was a wide open, you know, whatever. You, you can picture those pictures in your head and you're not forced into something and just using the author's words instead of forcing us to picture something a certain way. It right. is so unique to the written word as mm -hmm. opposed to a play or a movie or television. Right. But we are not just readers theater. A lot of people think they're going to come in and we're going to be Oh, I didn't just, want to imply that at all. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't think you did, but but it's still you hear book it theater and is it just, you know, somebody reading to me and no, it's still married to the craft of uh, theater and and stage work, so you have sets and costumes, um, but it is to you what you were referencing earlier. Our mission is to really bring the uh, words forward and the craft of the performer forward, so that you're not lost, uh, not lost, but you're not competing for people's attention by surprising them with explosions on stage <laughs> right. or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other thing I want to get to before we get into, like, this, this current season you have is, um, well, you you adapt it for the stage. It's its own style. You kind of talked about that, how you, you let the narrative go. Um, but did you see or maybe fail to see, you, you were the co-founding uh, artistic director, so you've been doing this a long time. Was there something missing in theater, maybe not just Seattle, but just theater in general that made you decide, this is why or this is what should we should have? I don't know. Well, Jane Jones, who's the founder and founding co-artistic director with me, um, she uh, definitely had that experience. She was an actress in New York City in the 80s at a time when... Audiences were really being, you know, seduced by film and television, and this was even before computers really started taking over. But even then, the theater, American theater scene, had to compete for their attention spans, right? So um, huge musicals were dominating um, Broadway at the time, and or you had plays that were kind of similar to sitcom television scripts on stage. And so the in, in her experience, the loss of 
really great storytelling, complicated storytelling, great language, uh, imaginative staging, and and using the the skills that actors and performers and directors and designers can bring were kind of getting lost. Um, and there were literal explosions happening on stage. <laughs> Pyrotechnics were yeah. becoming really popular, right? So, um, so she at the same time discovered as a, a, as a young adult that she was dyslexic, and um, and when she realized that that was something that. Um, was getting in her way for enjoying books, she was able to access literature in a way that she didn't, she was afraid to do before. She was afraid to read because she had, you know, trouble. And then when she realized, like, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm dyslexic, I can still enjoy books like anybody else. And she said, oh my God, this is just where, look at these characters, look at these stories, look at this language. It was so inspiring to her. And then when I met her, um, in Seattle through a collective of theater artists. I had a degree, if you can believe it or not, in performing literature from <laughs> Northwestern in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Um, that did, sounds unique, but go ahead with the story. Right. <laughs> I know. My parents like, what are you going to do with that? Um, but uh, yeah, so so we a group of, of really avid theater artists who also love to read and and with Jane's idea of Book It, um, and we came together and we just would read short stories out loud to each other, and that just sparked our our huge uh, curiosity and imagination. Well, how would we do that on stage? Like, that was always a question. Well, how would we do it? And that continues to be the question. You know, we have patrons who come to see our full productions and our subscribers, and every time we announce a season, they're like, well, we're just curious as to how you're going to do it, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, that drives us forward. Well, and you don't limit yourself to those classic works of literature that, you know, there's thousands years worth of written word, but your upcoming production, let's start there, um, centered on the grunge music scene of Seattle, right, in the 1990s? Yes. So Tom, tell us about the upcoming, it's called American Junkie, right? By Tom Hansen, a local writer. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're really excited. We're just in the thick of getting it um, transferred from the rehearsal hall into the theater uh, as we speak. Yeah. And um, it's an amazing uh, memoir by Tom who wrote about his heroin addiction and his harrowing experience of coming through that in recovery and, and um, finding his way out of his addiction. This will be an engaging, challenging story, right, for people to come see a, a production of. It opens this coming week, right? There's it opens previews next, and, next week. So. Well, this week, because this is Sunday now, remember? <laughs> Through the magic of radio. Caught <laughs> uh, you, Myra. You yeah. caught me, Gary. Yeah. So the 14th, I think, is, is at previews, and... A, 16th is going to be opening night, Yeah, right? I just don't know what day it is, right? <laughs> so um, it opens on the 16th, and uh, but yeah, we have a pay what you will on Wednesday night, the 13th, and then two more previews Thursday and Friday night, the 14th and 15th, and it runs through um, March, March 10th. 10th. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. That's correct. And the theater, the Center House Theater, describe this for people who can't yeah. recall seeing this. Well, they go to the Seattle Center all the time. They have never walked We're right into in the heart of Seattle exactly. Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the foot of uh, the Space Needle, the Armory, which is where you find the food court and everything. We're underneath the food court um, in the Center House Theater. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, that's kind of funny. You call, it is called the Armory now for a long, long, long time ago. It uh, was just the center house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. American Junkie. Um, gosh, that, that sounds really engaging. And that's part of your guys' mission, isn't it? Challenge us a little bit. Make us look at something we haven't thought about before. Absolutely. I mean, the opioid crisis, as we all know, is just incredibly prevalent. And um, it, it feels that, well, I'm just going to quote Tom, who said, you know, if it saves one life, it will have been worth it. And we feel that way with this production. Um, we really, I was talking about it with Jane, who is the director of it, and she's co-adapting it with her husband, Kevin McEwen. And, and uh, she was talking about how it, it's, it's really about addiction period that we all know somebody, we all know somebody we love who struggles with addiction, not just heroin or op opioids, but just addiction in general and what that means to the people who love them or the people who are going through it and how it affects us. Um, and, and really and truly, the opioid crisis is is so in our face that we have to respond. It is our responsibility to respond to this on behalf of how many millions of people who are affected by it. And um, it's it's a humanistic story. And Tom is brilliant in coming forward with his personal experience and telling it with grace and humor and such hope, right? Such hope for being seen and being heard and and really it's a disease and we tend to shame people for addiction feeling like well it's their fault or they're a criminal or it's you know it's not my problem it's theirs and and when you really learn that it's not as it's scary it's terrifying and at the same time we can all help each other is this a uh, book written in the first person? Uh, who? It, yes. And so who plays Tom Hansen? How big a production is this? How many characters are we going to see, et cetera? Or, or you're, maybe you're not in that. Is it direct, you're not the director. I'm not the play, director, but. but I do know that it's a cast of eight, six. <laughs> I said that wrong. Six people. Um, there are some uh, backstage crew people that help. Um, and there's, I don't know how many characters. There's a lot. And... But I think Ian Bond plays Tom. And what's lovely is you're getting this history of Seattle in the 90s as well. You know, Tom was a member of a band, several bands back in the day. And um, the grunge music scene, as you were saying earlier, and it's got a great, that soundtrack is a part of the show. So the energy of it is is driving um, that. And... But to hear, you know, for those of us who've been in Seattle for so long and it's changed so much, you do get a hit of what Seattle was um, in that time period. And gosh, you you definitely were on the radio then too, weren't you, Gary? Uh, yes, I was. <laughs> uh, let's go to the rest of other things coming up this season because uh, there's a couple other things now. How often, maybe every few months, once you close in March with this play, another few weeks before you open again, or you guys go back to back, boom, boom, boom. Tell people what's coming up the rest of the season. Yeah, following American Junkie, we have a, a beautiful one-woman show called Returning the Bones by a local artist named Jen Hammond, and it's her personal story as well. So it is a, 
uh, it, but it's about her um, great aunt who was uh, an African-American doctor during World War II, and it's a beautiful, fascinating story. And, and Jen is an amazing solo artist. She plays all of the characters by, you know, just her up there on the stage, and it's riveting. And then following that, we have a production of a Cameroonian author, Mbolo Mbwe, um, a book called Behold the Dreamers, which is an Oprah book um, and very beautiful story about a Cameroonian couple who immigrates to the United States in 2008. And um, Jende Janga becomes a chauffeur for a Lehman Brothers executive. They immigrate to the America just in time for the recession when exactly. he can't get a, uh, follow his career. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very interesting look at two uh, couples, one from Cameroon and one very wealthy white family in New York City at this time. And it really touches upon race and class and marriage and love and what are our dreams and what is this country and what does it mean to have a dream and what does it mean to have the American dream. So it's very fascinating. That does sound fascinating. So uh, before we forget, let's give this this out to people, look it up. Online, uh, people can order tickets online that people can call a box office they can find out much more about book at theater and all the uh the plays coming up of what you've done in the past etc so here's the website folks it's bookit.org, but you got to put a dash between book and it so it's b-o-o-k with that dash or the hyphen right yeah. it book dash it book dot it. org yeah, yeah dot org the dot org means you're a nonprofit, right you want to talk about yeah. that this is not a like we're gonna, we're we're doing this to make a lot of money. You're actually a nonprofit, <laughs> and you're part of the community. You have a big education department. You have a role in the in the Seattle. That's why I have you here today because you're part of the scene. Can we kind of go to how you get Absolutely. out there into the, the I, public? You're part of the, I don't know, educating us as well as entertaining us. I so appreciate you bringing that up, Gary. Yes, I mean from the very beginning, Book It has been a theater for the community and about the community and inspired by the community. So um, we have a huge education outreach program um, that is our arts and ed program that tours all over, not just Seattle, but all over Washington State and even somewhat beyond in the Pacific Northwest. We tour um, over 200 times a year to schools and libraries and community centers. Uh, we are touring a book called New Shoes right now through um, for African American History Month throughout the region. Uh, and we also have a, a several high school residencies where we have book at artists going in and working with high schools on performing text. Uh, we have um, teacher professional development programs. So it's a huge part of why we exist, again, to inspire kids to read and keep the idea of it. Not everything's in your phone. Not everything's on on the screen. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of the main reasons why we exist. We are talking with Myra Platt, the, uh, co-founding artistic director from Book It Repertory Theater here in Seattle. Um, as you go out in those schools, and you, you, I can't remember what that phrase you said about teacher development or something. Well, how mm-hmm. do you connect with them or stay connected so that 
you know, in that school or after these kids have seen a play, they, it gets some traction and, and it continues yeah. to inspire them. Yeah. What, what's that? What's that little key ingredient that makes it successful? You've done it for years and you keep going back. We have. I mean, several years ago, we were we were gifted with an opportunity to in, further deepen and investigate our impact, um, our art and its impact in terms of education. And we had some literacy experts follow our work and follow us into the classroom. We have workshops with students um, from K through up through college. And... Um, they came back and said, you know, this is actually a revolutionary tool in terms of reading comprehension, in terms of English as a second language, um, in terms of inspiring kids to want to learn more about different things. So, so we have performed history texts. We have performed math books. <laughs> there's science. You know, there's just a whole sense of interpreting written words off the page and embodying it as a young kid and realizing, oh, I get it. And I have a voice, too. I can add to that for, with my interpretation. So it's not just a, an adult telling you, cramming your brain with information. Right. There's a participatory quality to it. Yeah, and you know that, I have teachers in my family, and I know that kids learn different ways. Some mm. kids, like you said, all of a sudden, I get it. And they can apply that differently to other classes and the rest of their learning and say, oh, I get it if you do it this way or if yeah. I approach it this way. Clever, unique. I thank you so much for for doing that. Um, uh, before we run out of time, I want to hit another uh, topic. Um, so you're, you mentioned the upcoming um, Behold the Dreamers. You're going to direct that, right? Yep. Yourself. How long does it take for us to see a play produced from a work that's either fiction or not, a, a memoir or mm -hmm. that has never been a play before mm -hmm. and is a play that Book It is doing, which is, again, produced differently than, than a typical play. I mean, here we go. This is going to be here in the spring, yeah. right? So when did, yeah. when did Behold the Dreamers come and say, yeah, I can direct this, but I better start now. And when was the now? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was more about adapting it. And is this a story that's going to work on our stage and then finding the right artists to be attached to it? And and um, this book came, you know, I, I found this book in a bookstore. This, uh, you know, we haunt bookstores on a regular <laughs> basis and saying, what, what's out? What's what's out there? Um, I started working on the adaptation uh, in last June, I want to say. Um, so, and every artist has a different approach. My personal approach is I really try to download as much of the book that I love as possible, and then there's a heavy-duty editing process that's painful, of course, because you don't want to cut, you know, you have to cut your favorite scenes in the effort to keep it within a two-hour length, although we've done some longer shows. Um, and uh, there's a workshop process that we just had three days around the table with some actors reading a draft of the script just a couple weeks ago. Uh, then we start rehearsals in end of April, I think, and we open in June for Behold the Dreamers. Um, so there's a there's a process uh, of we have drama. I have a dramaturg who is a professional who knows how to look at the creation of a play, making sure that it's on track with um, dramatic, making dramatic sense, for instance, and. Um, we have uh, choreographers and dialect coaches and just a whole team of designers. Wow. And so 
everybody is a part of the procedure. I mean, we are such a collaborative theater company. It's never a one person in charge um, dictating the art. Uh, we, from our very foundings, we were a company of 60 professional artists creating art. And we, while we're a little more grown up and we have a, you know, a theater with staff and a regular way to operate, we still invite all the voices around the table to help create the piece. Well, there are a lot of steps in that that, uh, I mean, many of us don't even think about as we go to the theater and see a beautiful production, although we do take note, especially at Book It, this, wow, they grabbed a cool piece of literature that I'd yeah. never heard of. Yeah. But, man, that's a lot of steps in there and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of planning that goes on and writing it and rewriting. Is. And, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So I want to talk about something else coming up for, for Book It Theater. Um, again, folks, online, book it .org. Got to put the dash or the hyphen in there, bookit.org. It's got a dash in there. Online, learn more about it. Uh, American Junkie comes up soon. But what's uh, like long term down the road? You, you guys, you and like you said, Jane, have been doing this for 30 years now. Mm -hmm. There's some changes coming, yeah. right? Right. So, yeah, we have been doing this for so long that... Um, I think we both thought we would just do it till we dropped. Uh, <laughs> and then you you get to a certain age and you're like, well, you know what? We should be a little more intentional about this. And so about a year and a half ago, uh, we we looked at each other and said, okay, let's, let's plan this. Let's plan um, a succession plan because a lot of people are, you know, been thinking book it is – those who know Book It think it's me and Jane, um, Jane Jones, and it, and it's not. Book It is so much bigger than the two of us, and we would love for it to continue forever, and we will not live forever. So how do we ensure that Book It's future is not hinged upon us and and <laughs> our longevity? So, so uh, we are going to both step away from being the artistic directors in the summer of 2020. So that's a couple of years you're taking mm -hmm. to transition and, and find, but you've come in contact, like you said, with so many people over the years in, in not only your theater company, but in and out of Seattle's uh, very oh, good yeah. cultural scene. You must yeah. have the right person or two or three are, are going to be there when you need to transition, right? Well, we are doing a very open uh, search, we will. Um, we want it to be very uh, equitable and inclusive and, and an opportunity for the company to find a leader that will take, as I said, book it into the future. Jane and I have been doing it for so long, and it's time for the company to have new blood. It's time for the company to have new ideas of where, what it could be when it continues to grow up. Um, so I, 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 we're not going to just tap somebody. It's a, pr it's a process, which is why we're taking our time. Excellent, excellent. Uh, it sounds like the, the real leadership there is, is guiding this too. I mean, that's, that's you got a board of directors, right? And yes, people, our board is very committed. Yeah. Transition committee, and then there will be a, um, a, a committee that will help for hiring a new person. Hey, we are out of time now, Myra. This oh, just went so fast. Uh, I'm having so much fun, yeah, Gary. Yeah. What we, else can we talk about? Well, let, let's just sum up a few things. So, uh, How about those Washington Huskies? Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> let's, so, so let's highlight American Junkie is going to open for previews uh, in the middle of the week, but then yeah. uh, opening night, Saturday the 16th, uh, going to run through March 10th at the Center House Theater at the Seattle Center. Uh, people can buy tickets online and learn Please more about Book Theater. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay. Come, come buy tickets and, and come check us out because a lot of people don't know where we are and what we do. And the best way to find that out is to come and experience it. You know, it's a relatively inexpensive theater ticket, too, compared to going to other theaters. Uh, and it's such engaging stuff you guys do. So, uh, gosh, thank you so much for being thank here you, uh, and sharing with us today, Myra. Thank you for the 30 years you put in at Book It Theater. And thank you to the, uh, you know, bigger thanks to everything Book It has done uh, over the years to adding to Seattle's cultural scene. Oh, bless you and thank you so much it's a, our pleasure and we love it here so thank you for having us well thank you for coming i am gary scheib thanks for listening today we hope you've learned something new join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community